Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I have a brand new co-host sitting in the chair. None other than the greatest cricketer in his mind, at least, ever to come out of Guildford Grammar. It's my old man, Digby John Edgar Cullen. Dad, bloody great to have you on the show. Oh, just fantastic to be here. I've been <laughs> desperate for an invitation for some time, mate. <laughs> been sitting there just waiting. When is he going to get the call up? When is my son going to get up his backside and actually bloody get me on the show? Did you play cricket back in school, Dad? Yeah, I did. I played uh, in Bustledon against the, the Ten House Brothers. And uh, it was a great uh, competition then. The Ten House Brothers, were they actually ten brothers that lived in a house? It was about, no, there was ten, <laughs> ten, ten brothers uh, uh, and who were cut, either ten brothers and cousins, all named House. Uh, they <laughs> really? all played for the yelling up odd bods. And uh, their old guy, <laughs> Jimmy House, was a great bowler. Was he? Um, Graham House played Sheffield Shield for cricket in the 70s. Yeah, right. Uh, off spinner and batsman. Yeah, right. Did you, uh, were you more of a batter or more of a bowler, big man? Uh, look, I was a bowler and a batsman. I'd, I'd like to uh, say I was a punishing middle order batsman. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Do you feel that laugh is unwarranted? <laughs> <laughs> a punishing middle order batsman, Dad. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the same yeah, thing like about a, myself. Sort of, uh, and I, I could bowl an in-swing but not an out-swing much. But yeah. a, one day I bowled a series of out-swingers. I thought, what's happened? How's my action? But <laughs> it's just great to be here on this pod and telling everyone in the world about my... Uh, uh, a little incredible cricket career in Bustleton in the in the 1970s. Well, Dad, uh, I've been telling everybody about my career, incredible cricket career in Summer Hill in the uh, 2010s for about you know 50 odd episodes, and so far people still listen to me, which I think is remarkable. Um, look, Dad, it's been a busy time for you and me last couple of weeks. I should say where we are. We are currently in Willy Abrup in Western Australia. Uh, we are on a really remote property. Um, and we're in the middle of nowhere. We don't have any internet access, so we're not looking up any stats today. All the stats we have, we have to hand. So um, we're just going to make that work, as it were. Uh, we've seen some of this incredible test match, which has happened in Melbourne, um, where we've just absolutely smashed the Kiwis, Dad. Um, really broken them in twain. And uh, we're going to talk about that Melbourne test. Michael the Stuck Wood has sent in a tape, so we'll listen to that and play a bit of Hold Up Hey. Plus, the test uh, in at the SCG has just started, so we'll have to manage that as well and I'll give you an update on where that's currently sitting last time we had a look um, Diggers did you have big expectations of the Kiwis when they were coming over like what did yeah. you think they were going to do alright yeah I did I thought they'd uh, give us a real run for their money and they've been a bit disappointing but it's, the value of winning the toss uh, is uh, only realised if you bat first this test in Melbourne was just a classic example of that bat mm-hmm. first you idiot <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> Kane, what's going on in your mind, mate? Did you reckon you had a, a brain fight out there, Digger? Oh, look, I don't know. It, it's um, You get out there, you make 400, and then you try and get the opposition out, and then you bowl them out on the turning pitch towards the end, just like the Australians did. Yeah. You know, se- second innings, good old reliable uh, spinners. Uh, Nathan Lyon, 4 for 81, and Marnus chipped in with 1 for 11. And, you know, you just want to be able to bowl spin on the last day or two of the test, don't you? You really do. And I think that it requires you to have a good spinner. I think New Zealand have been struggling with that. Satner looks like a great guy, but I just don't know that he's test level, um, really. At this juncture, he may grow to be. Um, but look... You don't have to be a great spinner on a pitch that's cracked and turning a bit, you know. That, mm. that's, uh, history's shown a huge pile of part-timers who've got buckets of wickets and won the game for their side. You don't have to be... You know, Shane Warne, great man. 
to uh, you just have to be able to a, land one. Yeah, you just have to land one on a, on a on a crack and it goes anywhere. Yeah, exactly right. It doesn't mean. Um, I'll tell you what, Dad. Why don't we hear from Michael the Stuck Wood, uh, who's my Kiwi correspondent? Now, uh, with this, we usually play a game called Hold Up Hey. So, if uh, I'm going to play this tape that Mike sent in, neither Dad or I has listened to it, and um, we'll hear what Mike's got to say for himself. If you want to stop him so we can have a comment, just say Hold Up, diggers, and um, and we'll we'll chime in. Let's let's hear from him. This is Michael Wood. 2019 was an interesting year for New Zealand's sport. At the start of the year, if you'd said to me that the Black Caps would make the Cricket World Cup final, but the All Blacks won't make the Rugby World Cup final, I would have been hard-pressed to believe it. Our Silver Ferns did win the Netball World Cup, so not all was lost. And then, what a way to finish off 2019 <laughs> Boxing Day test. Thousands and thousands of Kiwis headed over to support the boys. And yeah, we got dicked alright, but how fun is test cricket? Despite the result, everyone had a great time. On day three, all-black Geordie Barrett was kicked out of the MCG for bad behaviour. A bloody good Kiwi, that bloke. Hold up there, mate. Diggs, weren't you impressed with just the sheer amount of Kiwis that have turned up for this game? They packed the MCG on Boxing Day. It was wall-to-wall with black caps and retro outfits and drunk rugby players from the sounds of things. Look, there's nothing better than a hysterical Kiwi crowd that's losing. (laughs) Except for maybe a hysterical English crowd that's losing. Yeah, well, the English crowds don't get so hysterical. And <laughs> that's the key, true. Kiwi crowds, there are a lot of bogans out there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, no, look, I, I love the Kiwis. They're great. But uh, let's face it, uh, there's a f- lot of quite feral sort of interesting types from across the Tasman. And, and uh, it's great to win the ta- Trans-Tasman Cup yeah, in front that. of a big hysterical Kiwi crowd. <laughs> Let's hear some more from Mike. Look, it was a tough game for the Black Caps, but I thought that the two teams were very evenly poised on day five. You could hardly split them. I learned a few things in this game. It seems like a long time ago now. Hold up, Mike. I think you'd split them by about 300-odd runs, eh, Dad? Maybe 400? Yeah. Uh, About that, somewhere in that region. I'm not a doctor, but I think it's about that. Yeah, the Kiwis haven't been out of bat at all in this whole test series. Their mm. bowling's pretty good, um, but their batting's been second rate. And they're big stars. They're top three in the top ten rated batsmen of the world. They just they just haven't really come out and shown their, their wares against incredibly good bowling from the Australians. The Australian test attack has been bowling incredibly well. They're just at the peak of their powers. They and really are. Sometimes when you're on song, you, you know, you lift your other bowlers and they all chip in and... You know, just want to be part of the action, and that's what's happened in this test. The poor old Kiwi batsmen just haven't had a chance to really get going. Yeah, they haven't. And, Dad, you're a big advocate of velocity. Yeah. You're a big advocate of velocity. You talk to me a lot about if guys aren't coming in and bowling 145 to 150, you don't want to know about them, Dad. And you reckon the Kiwis were a bit pedestrian pace-wise on some pretty a bit flatter Aussie wickets? Too slow, not enough swing. Um, <laughs> Look, Richard, the great Richard Hadley, yeah. you know, he was the, my favourite bowler ever. You know, he bowled about two foot either way and at a mm. really good pace and he was incredibly accurate and he was impossible for Australian players to beat. He came out and beat Australia by himself in the 70s. Maybe that's the last, 70s or 80s, and that's maybe that's the last time, uh, you know, Australia's uh, wanted to play Kiwi on a, a Boxing Day test. Mm. Um, that The... the the, it was way right back then. It wasn't late 80s, I think. Yeah, yeah. they they haven't really had a bowler like that uh, since then. And 
if they'd had a one really top grade bowler, they might have uh, done a lot better. But straight in batsmen, one or other of them got away. Marnison is playing brilliantly. Yeah. So you can't really you can't really stop um, uh, the momentum of the Australian batsmen at the moment, and you can't stop the the pace and, and accuracy and venom of the Australian attack when you've got a, 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 a series of batsmen who are a bit intimidated, a bit out of form, yeah. no one's really showing anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Dad. I think that's, that's good analysis, mate. Let's hear some more from the stick. Learned a few things in this game, didn't we? It seems like a long time ago now, but remember before Blundell got his century, Williamson tossed him the ball in the first innings and asked him to bowl. The reserve wicketkeeper batsman. In first-class cricket, he's bowled a total of nine overs. That's 54 balls, folks. It could have been a masterstroke from Williamson to have someone bowl who they would have never seen before, but it was just at the wrong time. And surely it was the last thing Blundell would have expected to be doing. I want to mention Neil Wagner picking up his 200th wicket in 46 matches, the fastest for a left-arm pace bowler ahead of Mitchell Johnson, Stark, Wazzy Akram and Bolte himself. Wow! Wow! Hold up, Mike. Isn't that incredible, Dad? What a stat there from the stick. Holy moly. Yeah, look, he uh, shows you the advantage of body line or neo body line. <laughs> neo body line, Dad. It's a very effective strategy. <laughs> and uh, this guy, he's small, he's fast, and uh, people mm. think he's so small, he's not doesn't look like uh, Courtney, what, Courtney Ambrose or anything like that. And so, you know, let's... Uh, um, let's give him a go. Let's let's not call it body line. Yeah, yeah. And listen, like he bowls a lot of stuff around the ribs and the hip. But um, he's, what I'm impressed with with Wagner is his sheer endurance, Dad. Like it's one thing to come in and bowl heat and bowl at people's noses for three overs. It's another to do it for forty overs or fifty overs in an innings. Um, and Wagner just keeps running in and keeps doing it. It's incredible. But his performance in Perth in forty degree heat was just incredible. You know, he's got wicket after wicket and. Bowled over after over 37 or something mm. overs in 40 degree hit. That was a phenomenal piece of endurance. Matches that of the great Mick Malone in England in the 70s. Oh, Diggs, Mick Malone in England in the 70s. What happened with Mick Malone in England? Well, he in the bowled 70s? about 55 overs in, 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 and uh, got about five for. Did he? And uh, it was just uh, an incredible example of endurance in sport, Pat. Oh, Dad, love that. Um, great work from Wagner, though. We'll give him credit there. I, I just wanted to highlight how impressive it is that he's beaten uh, Wasim. And, I mean, Wasim, in my mind, is is the greatest left-arm bowler that's that's been around. Yes. Um, you know, like, truly extraordinary. Um, and to, to beat him on that list is, is very impressive. At his peak, Wasim was the greatest bowler I've seen. He just moved it all over the place, impossible to play. And every player who's uh, had to bat against him at, at his peak has said the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear some more from Mike. And then there was the batting. Steady the ship, Williamson, hit some rough waters once again and looked a bit lost at sea. <laughs> I have faith that he's going to bring it back smoothly into dock for, fi- for the final test, though. Brendan McCullum had a few things to say about him and his leadership. But don't forget, this is the same Brendan McCullum that couldn't bring it home when he last played at the MCG four and a bit years ago in the Cricket World Cup final. I believe in Kane, and I think Kane will cane them once again. A big defeat, obviously, but I'm certainly not panicking. These days, every team are best at home. It's just the way it is. It was just an amazing opportunity for players and fans to be over there for the Boxing Day test. 
As we look to the final test in Sydney, I thought I'd do a quick top five things I'm looking forward to and the top five things I'm not looking forward to. So, so here's what I'm looking forward to. Number one, Neil Wagner getting Steve Smith out. Number two, Williamson and Taylor improving because they can't get much worse than the piss poor performance they've done previously in the series. This is, of course, if Williamson plays. As we've heard, he's been a little under the weather. If he and Nichols are out, my phone is on and I'm ready to step in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good to hear, Mike, because a virus went round the New Zealand team, Dix. A virus went down and uh, uh, Williamson and Nichols are not playing in the game, which is currently happening in Sydney. Um, So that is just a gigantic loss. Not to mention that Bolt um, has got a hand injury, so he's out. They've had a total of five changes for this test. So... Um, I'm sorry to say to Mike that uh, this prediction of his, that things he's looking forward to, has been sorely uh, deflated um, by by uh, injury and, and illness, Diggers. Yeah, well, Bolt's not the player he was. He bowled slowly. He didn't get many wickets, and, and uh, he doesn't move it that much. On a, His first over was fabulous, and uh, after that, he, you know, you really got to bowl faster than he's bowling to be a, a great bowler. You reckon? Yeah, he used to be a lot faster than he is now, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you said that to me before. I've always remembered him in a row sort of around the 135 to 140 mark. But do you remember him more being 140, 145? Yeah, he used to be in the early 140s. And, and when you bowl that and you're moving it around, it's hard for any batsman. I mean, he did look to me the most threatening of the Kiwi bowlers, um, Bolt. I mean, Southies are very accurate, but sometimes can be a bit predictable. The guy who really impressed oh, me... I thought Wagner was the most threatening bowler still. Sure. You know, he really does come in and he aims at you and... Yeah, but you and just love a bit of aggression, diggers. You look, just love blokes getting into people's grills. I, I love Neo... <laughs> <laughs> I love Neo Bodyline. Pat, it's really good stuff. And we should get shirts made that say that, Dad. Sell a few. Might make a couple of bucks. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wagner versus Wade's great too because you know, Wade's prepared to get, give it a go and, and uh, he'll probably get lose his wicket here and there but he's really... S- prepared to tough it out and show he's a real man and I, you know what I've said this on the previous pod but what I love about Neil Wagner is he does bowl about 130 135 right um, but he acts as if he bowls 150 and that sort of confidence dad that sort of real macho I'm coming for you even though I, I don't bowl particularly quick is something that I, I really identify with as a bloke who doesn't bowl particularly quick who would like to think that I do look he's obviously knows how to work out batsmen he's got 200 wickets the fastest Mm. Uh, by anyone ever the least number of tests and that's fantastic but he he's a smart bowler mm. he's a he knows how to the, the psychol understands the psychology of the game and how to get under batsman's skins and yeah. you know he really has been a beautiful uh, example of uh, a guy who maximizes his talents mm. the other bloke who's been very impressive is Colin de Grandhomme the big man Ah, Le Grand Homme. Le Grand Homme. Oh, uh, this the, it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> look um, he is really a good player. He catches well. He bowls mm. well. He bats well. He he looks a big lump of lard, but <laughs> 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 but I, but he really he really he really he's just a solid bloke. And he, the way he bowls, he he remind, reminds me of uh, you know a couple of uh, you know previous Kiwi bowlers who, mm. who bowled slowly and on sticky wickets in Kiwi land you can get results and if you develop your skills to, to a significant extent you can come overseas and, and Apply get him. wickets there yeah he's, he's, he's great he's amazing how consistently he swings the ball that guy like 
even after the ball got really old on that on the first couple of days of the test match, he was still hooping them, which I thought was very impressive. He swings it with new ball and old. Um, but anyway, I'm sure Wood's got more to say about that. Let's hear from him. I'd prefer to come in at four rather than first drop, but hey, I'm willing to take on the challenge. Number three, watching Blundell bat again. Like, talk about pressure on him in Melbourne. A very new role for him, as he usually is an aggressive type of player. I could go on about how every other batsman needs to step up like he did. The number four thing I'm looking forward to in Sydney is the pitch. I'm hoping this will suit us a little better than at Perth and Melbourne. And number five, that the five-day test actually lasts five days. I want my money's worth. And I think it will go the distance this time. All right, this is the five you're, top you're, things I'm not looking for. You're forward dreaming. To. It's not going to last five days. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, the, the Kiwis uh, are out of their depth and they're psychologically crippled. And if they can come back and get a test in the fifth day um, without rain interruptions, I'll be absolutely amazed. <laughs> I like his certainty about that, Dad. I mean, minus the way he's going at the moment, might just bat for five days. Mm. I mean, that's the only way it's going to happen if the Aussies just make huge runs. Look, it's the, it's the home ground of Warner. It's the home ground of Smith. Yeah. Uh, Marnus loves it there. You know, these guys are going to smash it all over the place. Um, you know, the... The, uh, the the big it, it, it is however an opportunity for people who move the ball around and for the spinners to show their wares and I'm really looking forward to the new players in this in the New Zealand side for this final mm. test to, to do a bit of that um, yeah would I, I got to say I doubt it as well but let's hit, let's let's see there's the five things he's looking forward to and and I'll agree with him dad about Tom Blundell um, you know he batted extremely well to make that hundred in the second innings. Um, of, of the test in Melbourne. Uh, he looked really good and a really aggressive player. He was really prepared to get on that back foot and hook and pull. Um, he was devastating straight down the ground, and he's obviously really strong in the V, um, which is which is a key thing if you're going to play in Australia. You know, the moment you try trying to get too cute is when you can find yourself in real trouble. Um, and I thought his straight driving and, and his back foot shots were, were very impressive. He actually did the thing you have to do against the Australian attack, which is take the attack to them. Um, you know, Pattinson and uh, Stark and the, and Paddy Cummins are such great bowlers that if you don't find a way through them, you're going to be in trouble. Um, he also took the long handle to Nathan Lyon, which is something that, that again, I think you have to do. Um, that four-pronged bowling attack that we have at the moment, as you mentioned, that is so strong that if you don't find a way in early, you're, you're going to be cooked. So I'm looking forward to seeing him bat as well. It looks like a ready-made test opener to me. He does, and he, two wicket keepers on each side, fabulous. <laughs> wicket keepers, they've got better eyes than everyone else. Okay, that's you right. Know, the Gilchrist was the greatest, of course, but let's, I don't want to go on and on about that guy. He's, <laughs> he's just a complete and utter champion legend. Yeah. Uh, the uh, and terrific, terrifically nice guy. I, I, Tom Blundell, uh, fast people come in at uh, you know the three fast bowlers come in at 140 to 150 k's. Mm. He sees the ball, bangs it. You know, they have to change their line. They have to mm. do stuff, and and they 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 get out of their rhythm. And I I was really pleased to see someone to be able to do that. And the fact that it's a wicket, another wicket keeper, Wade's the same. Mm. Wade's probably not as good as Blundell, I don't think. No, Dad. You, you know, he's cool. just yeah, no, he's not. You know, he's he's uh, looking un, under pressure from a guy like Wagner, mm. who uh, is just bowling at 135. If Wagner was bowling at 145. 
How would Wade go? I don't think he'd go very well. You and I have had differences about this, Pat. Yes, we have. You know, I'm not a Wade supporter. You're not. No, but uh, look, he, he's shown something. He's shown something, and he's shown guts and determination. You got to like the guts. He's not going to be intimidated, and that's fine. But uh, Blundell, he looks like he's a class act, and is going to go forward from here. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, Diggs. Number one, Nathan Lyon dominating us in day three, four, and five. Number two, Trent Bolt not playing. He's out for injury. Number three, Santner's bowling again. As I'm recording this, the team hasn't been announced yet. I hope to God that Will Somerville gets picked. Australia claim most great New Zealand things, including Will Somerville. The New Zealand-born off-spinner was a Sydney-based chartered accountant playing for New South Wales. The 35-year-old has played three matches for the Black Caps and picked up 14 wickets with an average of 25.14. He must be picked with his experience on what is his former home ground. Uh, the number four thing I'm not looking forward to is to continue to Mike, see... Let me stop you there. Um, so Somerville is playing, Dig. I'm interested to hear that. There's some good stats for a guy who's played three tests, a couple of wickets at a pretty good average. Although, I can say this, I've watched the highlights from today's play. I'm going to talk about today's game in just a second, but he was getting spanked, Will Somerville. Uh, he was bowling... Pretty gently, pretty outside off stump and without much venom. So hopefully he has a good rest tonight and comes back tomorrow and, and does the job. Well, spinners mature later, except for the greatest like Shane Warne. Sure, 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 sure. They, he's a, uh, has an opportunity in this test and, and I think as you, at the end of it, you've got to look at it and see how he went. If, if he comes out in the second innings and it's a bit split, yeah. there's a cracks all over the place and he gets five wickets. You won't be saying what you're saying now. <laughs> you know, you know, it's darn hard for a, it's darn hard on the SCG on the first day for spinners to really do anything. And yeah. you know you've got to rely on your seamers to get the wickets. The, the, Are you saying Dad, that I might be wrong about stuff and have to come back on this podcast and eat humble pie? That had never happened. Dick, well, I don't know which podcast you, you're listening to. You probably to, won't right? let me back on next time. <laughs> I'll just be a once-off pod. Oh, Diggs, we'll get you on at least once a year. I wouldn't yeah. mind doing a segment with you at points. Yeah. That'd be really fun. I think. Yeah. Um, hey, let's hear some more from Mike. The reason why Cummins is worth millions of dollars. And number five, our batting generally. Our batting coach, Craig McMillan, left after the World Cup and decided to head back into the commentary box. Surely former opener and now current batting coach, Peter Fulton, can't be the reason for the recent demise. I'm just trying to look for reasons beyond the Australian bowling and conditions. There must be more. Look, the conditions... If you're going to come to Australia and expect to win a test series, you've got to come over here, you've got to play three or four warm-up games, you've got to be fully charged, not come over after playing a test series in New Zealand and mm. expect to turn up at the Wacker or turn up at, at Melbourne and have a chance. You know, you've got to be realistic. And I think it's a shame that modern cricket, modern test cricket doesn't allow uh, a nice series of warm-up games. Yeah, yeah. Dad, I think you're absolutely right. And this is something Mike's talked about before, you know. To go from playing England in New Zealand to go straight to the Wacker, I think they had like two or three days. I mean, that's a really tough go. And then the conditions at the Wacker at Melbourne. Yeah, look, it's 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 uh, Optus Oval, sorry, not the Wacker. Oh, but, yeah, but it's well, the same Oval. sort of it's the same sort of it's the same sort of ground though. <laughs> it's and look, I said that before, you're right. Um 
you're yeah going to Optus Oval. I'm sorry to say, uh, is is going to be really really challenging. And the fact they didn't get a, a warm up game or two there, and then going straight from Optus Oval to to Melbourne and then to Sydney, like they had three very different conditions against an Australian attack which was fired up from a a very easy Test series against Pakistan. You're going to get rolled. Yeah, look, I'll say it again. Uh, you can't come to Australia from New Zealand playing a Test series in a against England in a sticky, slow pitches, come to the the uh, Optus Oval, which is pretty similar to the Wacker, mm. pretty similar to the Wacker. They've got the same type of uh, bouncy pitch and expect to do well. You've got to come and have a whole series of practice games. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I, think, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I, I feel it's got to be somebody between the ICC, between New Zealand cricket and Australian cricket, who's really stitched them up there. Um, it's a it's a real stitch up. I, I feel sorry for New Zealand. Like you know, they they like the reason we did well in the Ashes this year, Dad, is because we had a big piece of organisation to get the Australian A tour to go there. We put a whole bunch of players on that. We had people playing county cricket. We were there for the for the World Cup. Absolutely, so we warmed you know, up. You know, warmed up and. The, the um, scheduling of international cricket must allow a better uh, scheduling to allow uh, visiting sides to have a chance. You know, they just don't, and all of the, the competition's lopsided because of that. We go to India, we get beat, and we go to... Mm. We, you know, Zealand comes here, they get beat, and we go... Uh, yeah, we, Sri Lanka, we get Sri Lanka, we get Sri Lanka, we get pumped. We even get pumped in the United Arab Emirates, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is a which is a remarkable. But uh, you know, against Pakistan, Pakistan come here and they sort of uh, a bunch of wimps get, <laughs> can hardly can hardly can hardly make a run. But they they were they were like lions, Pat. They were like lions. You know, uh, in their home base. Absolutely, Dad. Absolutely. All right. Here's the last one bit from Mike. There must be more to it especially because there hasn't been much change in the personnel and the players. For Williamson, seven of his last 10 innings have been 20 or under. I'm hoping the slower surface in Sydney will suit him. I guess that's why I'm grateful for a three-match series rather than the ever-so-often two-match test series that seems to happen these days, which is bloody annoying. All right, slightly off-topic, but... Put January 17th in your diary. Not sure what the coverage will be like outside of New Zealand, but there is a T20 game of Team Rugby versus Team Cricket at McLean Park in Napier. Team Rugby is coached by former All Blacks coach Sir Graham Henry and his players such as Richie McCaw, Israel Dagg, Bowden Barrett, Geordie Barrett and Aaron Smith. But it's also just announced they have two players that I didn't know played much rugby at all. And that's Sri Lankan greats, 47-year-old Miralitharin and 42-year-old Mahala Jaya Wardner. What, ringings? Absolutely. Team disgrace. Cricket is coached by Stephen Fleming and includes players such as Dan Vittori, Nathan Astle, Grant Elliott, Jacob Oram, Chris Harris, Kyle Mills, Luke Ronke and Nathan McCullum. Last year, Team Rugby won the event, so no doubt Team Cricket will be back for some revenge for the Crow Lomu Trophy. Anyway, that's all from me. I also want to mention the victims of the fires all around Australia along the East Coast and the incredible work of the firefighters and volunteer firefighters. We love cricket and we love winning, but this puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? Thanks, guys, and go the Kiwis! <laughs> Good on you, Michael. Thank you so much for your work, mate. Really appreciate it and couldn't agree with you more. Um, Dad, a pretty disappointing performance from the Kiwis and it was great to see the Aussies execute um, in that test. 
I also wanted to pay some credit to uh, Travis Head, who got a, a test ton there in that in that first innings, um, which I thought was really impressive. It's it's great to see Trav um, starting to, to really settle in to uh, you know uh, test cricket. I think he's a really quality player, and 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 you know maybe he's had a couple of bad dismissals. It's also nice to see Timmy Payne get an eighty. Um, been a bit of a while between drinks for him. I know he did score a hundred in uh, Sheffield Shield, his like second Shield hundred in his entire career. Only just uh, this last year. Gone. Well, his first hundred was a two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so he's had three, mate. <laughs> technically, that technically, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we've got to be pretty happy with our batting, Dad that even though the Kiwi attack, as you mentioned, hasn't been too venomous, um, we haven't cooked it, which has been nice. Um, you know, Marnus is in such great form. Steve Smith, they've figured him out a little bit. I mean, how do you feel about this this short pitch tactic to Smith, Dad? Um, do you reckon that Smith is going to work his way around it, this getting him caught down leg gully business? Look, the, the ghost of the English test series mm. uh, haunts him a little. Uh, he's got hit. Never happened to him really before. Yeah. And I, don't, I think it'll take him a season or two of psyching himself up to overcome it. I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned for him. You know, obviously, this pace attack's not that quick. Yeah. What if one of the Kiwis was bowling at uh, 150 kilometres an hour? Yeah. It, it uh, really might unsettle him. So... Uh, it's good to see he has a weakness. Um, <laughs> that he is human, Dad. He's not a time-travelling robot, you know, yeah. so time. Look, the, no doubt Warner hasn't done that well. He's not... Uh, he's hey, got, Deeks, I think it's worth mentioning that you freaking hate David Warner. You would yeah, like I, to I look, I hate David Warner. <laughs> I, you know, Get him since, out of the side. Ever often. since he punched Joe Root in a pub, I, I thought, what sort of a turkey is this? You know, Joe yeah. Root was only about 19. You know, he's a thug. He... he, he he ball tampers. He's just not my sort of guy, mate. Yeah, yeah. He's not true blue diggers. He's not straight yeah. up and down. You're pretty yeah. good. I love Kane Williamson. He's a great human being. He's got he's high moral fibre. His performance in the World Cup final, his comments afterwards really, really impressed me, Pat. Yeah. Maybe I'm old school, mate, but no, I really, really impressed me. Dad, I'm absolutely with you. I think that Kane Williamson is a really impressive character and and a wonderful batsman. You know, you and I talk about him a lot because he's technically correct. Yeah, he's look, really he, technically correct. He's just having a bad run. He might get runs in this next test. Oh, he's sick, Dad. He's out. He's got the flu. Oh well, he won't get runs. But you know, <laughs> come, come next time we play him, he'll get a pile of runs because he's a great batsman. And great batsmen sometimes have two or three tests where they don't go very well. Greg Chapel had seven tests in a row. He didn't do very well. And he was he was a fantastic batsman in a similar mould to Kane Williamson. Yeah, I think I think that's really really apparent, Dad. And I also want to throw some credit to Nathan Lyon, who got four for eighty-one in that second dig to sort of bowl the Kiwis out on that four day and, and win it um, you know he's such a quality bowler Nathan Lyon and it's he's a real point of differenti- differentiation between us and the Kiwis at the moment like he's such a high quality off spinner he's so good that he's able to find a way through and I don't think New Zealand have anyone of his calibre nor do the English nor do the Poms yep I mean, I don't know if there's another really great... The Indians probably do. Ah, oh, the Indians and Sri Lankans have got good spinners, spinners. But, but only in their conditions. Yeah, as soon as they get out of here. And that's what's versatile about Nathan Lyon. He's figured out how to bowl in the subcontinent. He's He took wickets in England this year as well. Um, and, you know, we're so lucky to have him. But, it, you know, Chris and I have mentioned this on the pod that there's a little bit of doubt creeping in the back of my mind about what who comes in Next, and there there was talk about bringing Mitch Swepson into the side for the test at the SCG, the young leg spinner from Queensland. 
um, and maybe playing him as the second spinner. I, I don't think Ash Agar's quite got the skill set to be able to handle test cricket as a bowler. Um, but maybe it's someone like Schwepson. Maybe it's an unknown person that we haven't found yet. Gary's got a good sort of three to four years in him. Um, but in that time, it's you really do want to start blooding players. So even if they're just keeping Schwepson around the group, I, I love that. I just think we need to have start putting people next to him, you know, yeah, shadowing him. Yeah, look, like, you know, spinners take a long time. You've got to nurture them, give them every opportunity and, and uh, hope that the your, your picks are right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what, Diggs? It's like planting, planting vines, you know? You've got to pick the right ground, nurture them. Look, here we are them. in Margaret River just having a, <laughs> having, a, having a few vinos. It's been drank some of the best wines in, in, of this region over the last uh, period of celebrations, Pat, and I really have to think of great drinkers like Richie Benno and every time <laughs> I have a glass down here. <laughs> the great man's always and in our thoughts, Yeah, that's right, you know. and uh, What a legend. Yeah, Miller was great too. He's a great drinker of great wines. Mate, the test has started today, the next one at the SCG. Um, Australia's done really well. We have batted first. And um, uh, Dave Minus Labashane has made 130. Uh, Steve Smith's uh, got out for 63. Hilariously, it took Steve Smith today 39 balls to get off a duck. He was on zero for 39 balls, and he got a round of applause <laughs> when he nipped a single round the corner because of Neil Wagner. And because of this short pitch bowling attack that the Kiwis had going on, really attacking the outside of his body. Neo body line, neo body line, and I, I think it's a disgrace. And I, I don't know how you measure neo, measure body line. Who's what the umpires? Uh, you know when they start thinking, "Wow, oh, this is a little bit too much." He's bowled about five or six in that area in a row. I don't know what the criteria. You got any idea, Pat? No, I don't know what the, the 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 rule with it is that we can only bowl two bounces per over. You can only bowl two balls at the head, but yeah. there's no limit on how many you can bowl at the the nipples and the chest, as far yep. as I'm aware. Yep. Um. So I mean, it's it's a good tactics from Wagner. It's, it's obviously what's working him out. I mean, Dad, no one's well, been able well, to. The bottom line is he got 63. He the fact that he can concentrate for 39 balls, and before he gets off the mark is fantastic. It yeah, shows it the. The incredible application, the incredible ability of a guy to concentrate despite the pressure, despite all of the things that have happened in the last year, particularly relating to his head injury. And I, I really admire the guy. The mental fortitude that Steve Smith possesses, Dad. And, and intestinal. Oh, intestinal fortitude. I'm a gastroenterologist, so I'm right into intestinal fortitude, Pat. <laughs> I bet he's got great gut biome, Diggers. I bet that's the secret to Steve Smith's batting. It's probably great gut biome, that's what I'm saying. Look, everything's due to gut biome, Pat. Uh, it'll come out pretty soon, mate. <laughs> Just wait and watch. Um, so, look, big changes for the Kiwis. They bought back Jeet Raval. They bought in a bloke called Glenn Phillips. Um, they bought in Todd Astle, who's a leggy, and William Somerville, um, who we were mentioning before, who's a off-breaker, as well as Matt Henry and Neil Wagner um, to be the only quicks. Uh, Southie, gone. Um, Bolt, gone. Um, you know, Williamson, gone. You know, it, oh, wholesale changes. So I, I must say, Diggers, I, I'm, I'm treading on the side of agreeing with you that it's going to be very difficult for New Zealand to walk away with that many changes. To walk away with a draw would be a hell of a thing, especially given that overnight, uh, Marnus is on a 130 not out and uh, Matty Wade is on at least 22 not out. So, um you, you got to say, diggers, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for him to get past. Do you think, dear Dad, we need to be concerned about Joe Burns? 
Um, he's only he got an 18 today, and in the last test he made a couple, but hasn't really set the world on fire against an 35, and you know a couple in the first dig as well. Do you reckon we need to be concerned about him, or do you reckon you just need to stick and stick and stay with him? Look, I think we should give him another test or two. Um, he's shown some something. Mm. It's a difficult business opening. Um, the New Zealand pace attack's pretty good. He, he he's not a guy who shirks from anything, and I I really like the old system of giving batsmen you know, six or seven tests to really show where they're going. If they're not doing anything or they're showing psychological stress, mm. then uh, get rid of them. But uh, I'd stick with Burns for a while. Um, I, I think the Kiwis have done better with Blundell. He just come out and smacked them all over the place. He's the first Kiwi ever to get a test centre at the MCG. Oh. And uh, that's fantastic. That's a so great stat, Dad. That's a great stat. And the way he went about it, the way he's got, he's got a great eye. He, mm. You know, he's terrific. He's a... He's a Adam Gilchrist in the yes. making. Yep. Yeah, Adam Gilchrist in the making. Well, diggers, we might leave it there, mate. Um, and we'll—I'll be back to do another episode with Chris at the end of the next test. Um, absolutely, fantastic to have you on board, big man. Really appreciate your time and all your effort and notes and 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 you know all of that. Love to do a bit of a pod with you. Did you have anything you wanted to add in before uh, we signed off for the day? Look, I just want to see a hysterical. Kiwi crowd, I want Wagner versus Wade to bang first thing in the morning. Uh, and I want the Kiwis to put up a really stern fight with a whole lot of new faces. Because, look, let's face it, the Kiwis are the greatest sporting nation in, on the planet, pound for pound, person for person. Mm. They just are really incredible. And this uh, test is an opportunity for them to show that, Pat. You know, it's a real opportunity to show we are still a bunch of incredible fighters. We're going to show these Aussies. And, and that, they live for it over there. They live for it over in, over in New Zealand. They just live to give the Aussies a beating, mate. <laughs> and I hope they manage to do it. If they come out and prove me wrong and I end up eating humble pie after five days of incredible test cricket and they've come out with a win, Diggs, I'll be absolutely pumped. Look, the whole world needs to know that the Trans-Tasman Trophy is now held by Australia. And uh, go... Go jump Kiwis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Dad. You're an absolute legend. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you like, rate, review the podcast, share it with your friends. We really appreciate it. I'll be back with Chris Barty or Alex Spinks after the next test. Thank you so much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. All the best. And go those Aussies! Go Aussies! Go Aussies! Go Aussies!